Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Lancet Podcast. It's the 20th of February, 2014, and I am Nikolai Humphreys. Despite unprecedented investment in malaria control, 57% of Africa's population remains at moderate to high risk of contracting the most deadly form of malaria. That is the key message in a study we published today. To discuss this paper in more detail, I'm joined on the line from Nairobi by one of the study's authors, Dr. Abdesalan Mohamed Noor from the Kenya Medical Research Institute. Hello, Noor. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Nikolai. Uh, it's good to be here. Let's begin proceedings by describing the background of your study. And also, what is the significance of the Rollback Malaria Partnership, which is mentioned throughout the paper? The Rollback Malaria Partnership was formed in 1998, at a time when Africa was in the throes of a really bad malaria epidemic. And the partnership has since been successful in harnessing global efforts to ensure that substantial resources are made available to malaria control, particularly in Africa, where most of the deaths occur. And attempts at measuring the changing burden of malaria during the decade of the rollback malaria partnership has been hampered by poor health information systems, data, and information on whether individuals have died of malaria or not, which were derived from fairly imprecise verbal autopsies. And so eight years ago, we started a process of uh, trying to assemble more precise data, which are derived from population prevalence surveys on the proportion of people who might carry the malaria parasites, which is confirmed using parasitological tools such as microscopy or rapid diagnostic tests, so that we can robustly track the progress of reducing malaria transmission in Africa. Thanks, Noor. Could you briefly outline the findings of your study? On the one hand, our analysis shows that there has been substantial reductions in malaria transmission in sub-Saharan Africa. 40 out of the 44 countries where we were able to analyze change between 2000 and 2010 show reductions in malaria transmission intensity. And almost 218 million people now live in areas which are at a lower malaria transmission risk by at least one level of endemicity compared to 2000. On the other hand, almost 60% of the population of Sub-Saharan Africa live in areas where more than 10% of the population are likely to carry malaria infection. Almost 184 million of these live in areas where 50% of the population are likely to be infected. You mentioned that three of the 10 countries in which a large percentage of high endemicity areas are found are not part of the WHO Malaria Situation Room. Now, based on your findings, do you believe the WHO Malaria Situation Room should add these countries to their focus? Um, the WHO Situation Room covers most of the high malaria risk, high population countries in Africa. The three countries that it doesn't cover, which are on the list of the top 10 countries where most of the population live in, uh, which contribute to the largest proportion of population living in the highest risk areas, are Mali, Togo, and Guinea. And these have uh, moderate to low populations. However, majority of the populations in these countries live in areas where risk is high and proportionately with more severe and fatal outcomes. So yes, I would uh, include them in the situation room. Why do you think that the intensity of P. fusiparum has changed a lot in some areas and not in others? And how do you think that this could be assessed? There are many factors that have contributed to the varied patterns of change in transmission we analyze in our study, including you know, socioeconomic development, 
and importantly the huge investment in malaria control in the past decade or so. However, it's difficult to empirically work out the effect of each of these factors. What is clear is that where reduction in transmission have been large, uh, in those countries where at the beginning transmission was either low or moderate, and this fits with our understanding of the epidemiology of malaria. In areas where baseline transmission is intense, more work and more effort is required to bring down uh, the risk of uh, transmission over a longer time uh, period. And so we need to identify which these areas are and try to investigate what the level of interventions are and to try and work out how best to bring down the level of transmission as rapidly as, as possible. I see. So do you think that this method of analysis could be used to assess transmission of other parasites? And if so, which do you suggest would be the most important to investigate? Bayesian uh, geostatistical approaches are now commonly used to map infectious diseases. They, in addition to malaria, they have been used to map other parasitic diseases such as schistosomiasis, leishmaniasis, and can be applied to a variety of infectious diseases and the most important diseases are dependent on the on the context but there's a lot of work going on in the field of schistosomiasis and leishmaniasis mapping. Dr. Abdesalan Mohamed Noor, thank you for speaking with The Lancet. Thank you very much. To read that paper please visit thelancet.com and for more audio from The Lancet and our specialty titles be sure to check out The Lancet on iTunes and visit thelancet.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.